Hello, hello, and welcome to the book club. My name is Bethiah, and today we're going to spend a little time talking about these three words, Spirit of God. Now, we could probably spend days and days or weeks and weeks on this Spirit of God, but we're going to just have a brief look at it, and we're going to finish up Genesis 1-2. So I'm going to read that verse now. But the earth became without form and void, and darkness, this unnatural darkness, was upon the face of the deep. That deep was meaning the abyss, the home of the demons. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That word spirit, it's a Hebrew word, and it's pronounced ruach. It's R-U-A-C-H. And in both Greek translation or the Hebrew translation, it means either wind or breath. So we could read that scripture as the spirit or the wind or the breath of God moved upon the face of the waters. It sounds kind of spooky. It kind of sounds mysterious. But i tell you what it was. It's powerful. The wind of God. Can't even, I can't even comprehend it. The breath of God. You know, God breathed life into Adam. His breath moved upon the face of the waters. His spirit hovered over the earth and brought light where there was darkness, where there was this unnatural darkness. You see God beginning to move. The Spirit, His breath, was bringing light into the darkness. Life into the void and emptiness. That Spirit was moved. That same Spirit, that same Spirit of God, dwells with inside you. He dwells inside the heart of a believer. Let's go to Romans 8 9. And read, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, and so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's some spooky words. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ inside you, you're not his. And to those who believe on Jesus Christ... He says the same spirit that raised Jesus up out of the grave is inside you. It's inside your body. That same spirit. How absolutely positively powerful is that? That same spirit that hovered, that hovered upon the face of the waters. That spirit lives inside you. And as believers, we're supposed to be led by that Spirit. So you might ask, well, what is the Spirit? Who is the Spirit? Because the Spirit is actually a person. You know, we, we might think of the Spirit as just invisible force. And, and, and to a large degree, it is invisible. We, we, called, we called it a translation is the wind. You know, you don't see the wind, but you can see the wind. As it moves 
those leaves in the trees, as it moves those branches in that tree. You don't always see that wind, but you can feel it, can't you? You can see it, you can feel it, and sometimes you can hear it. Let it get a bad storm out there, and you can hear that that wind. The Holy Spirit is powerful. Let's read Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon ye, and ye shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So I'm going to give you a few things here that the Holy Spirit does with that that power that dwells with inside us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. It bears witness to us. It convicts us of sin. It guides us, speaks us, declares us. It inspired the scriptures. It speaks through the scriptures. It calls ministers, sends out workers, forbids certain actions. It intercedes. He has the attributes of personality, will, mind, thought, knowledge. As I said, the Holy Spirit can be treated as a person. He can be lied to, tempted, resisted. He can be grieved. He can be outraged. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit as his other self. If we go to John 14... 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Spirit of God is the third person in the triune Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There are people that have a hard time grasping this. They can't quite figure out that triune, those Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is three in one. But let's look at, let's look at ice. You get a piece of ice out of your freezer and you see this piece of ice. But, you know, if you melt that, if that piece of ice melts, it turns into a different form, doesn't it? Liquid. If you take that liquid, you put it in a tea kettle, and you put it on that stove, and you boil it, it's going to evaporate. It's going to evaporate into steam. But it's all the same, whether in the frozen state, the liquid state, or the steam. Same ingredients, same thing. Three different forms. My father had a real tough time with getting this triune Godhead. He couldn't couldn't wrap his brain around it, and it blew my mind because I thought he was the smartest guy I ever met in my whole life. And I thought about it, and it was after he had passed away, but we're triune. You know, we're body, soul, and spirit, right? Well, my father, let's go, let's take him as an example. He was himself, and he was my father, and he was a son. So my father was himself, he was a son, 
and he was a father, three in one. He was triune, and yet he was the same. He was the same. The same with the 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 ice, that water. Three different forms, but the exact same thing. Let's talk just for a minute about the work of the Holy Spirit. What in the world is this Holy Spirit around for? What What's going on with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit has work to do. When that, when that Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the water, something had to happen. There was a reason it was moving. It was moving to bring light into darkness. The same when, with the Spirit when it's inside you. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, He convicts you of your sin. He disturbs you. And He'll point right dead at you and let you know straight up, you're doing wrong. And there we have a really big problem, don't we? We're so arrogant. We're so proud. We're so good. We don't want anybody telling us when we're doing wrong. We don't want to hear it. We ain't listening to it. We don't have time for it. But you know, we got time to criticize others, don't we? We talk, 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 blah, 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 blah about everybody else, but we won't listen to that voice inside us, that that Holy Spirit that dwells inside us, telling us, urging us, trying to guide us to do the right thing, to not be of the world. Yeah, we have a choice to make. Are we going to listen to the Holy Spirit? Psalms 139.7 tells us, that the Spirit is everywhere at the same time. So there's no getting away from it. There's no running from it. There's no hiding from it. It's everywhere, all at the same time. If we look at Revelation 5, 6, it tells us that the Holy Spirit has seven eyes. It sees everything in every direction, all at the same time. It sees into your heart, sees into your mind. Do you know what eyes, multiple eyes, many eyes symbolizes in the Bible? It symbolizes, or I should say, represents wisdom. And these creatures they're talking about with these seven eyes, this Holy Spirit full of all these eyes, not dangerous to us. But I tell you what they have, they're full of wisdom. All the wisdom needed to counter Satan's wicked schemes and plots against us. If only God would open our eyes. If only we would obey God when he taps on our heart and tries to open our eyes. But we're too busy to see, aren't we? We're too comfortable to see the truth. We're so comfortable in the world that we don't even know the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we all talk a good game, but when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, the Spirit is in you, trying to do a work in you. Years ago, there was a song, and I can't remember the woman's name that sang it, but the title of the song was Somebody's Knocking, Should I Let Him In? Well, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is knocking. The Holy Spirit will keep knocking. The Holy Spirit wants to do a work in you. The Holy Spirit wants to do a work through you. 
This Holy Spirit we've been talking about is an eternal spirit forever. John 14 tells us that this this Holy Spirit is our comforter, our comfort that will abide within us forever. Romans 8 tells us that this Holy Spirit will convict us of our sins. That's the biggest reason nobody wants to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's the reason people do any and everything out of their, in their power, any and everything in their power, not to hear it, to listen to guidance. Ain't nobody want to hear nobody tell them what to do. They all, we all have the, we all have the answer. We all know what to do. We all know it all, right? So we get deeper, deeper, deeper in sin because we don't have a relationship or, or the relationship that we need to keep us straight on that narrow path. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in your life. Romans 8.14 is probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'm a child of God, are you? I'm Bethiah. And as, as I told you before, Bethiah means daughter of God. You know, we're all God's children. But it's our choice whether we do right or do wrong. You know, we started talking about that, the hovering of the Spirit upon the face of the waters at the end of Genesis 1-2. Talked about that moving, getting rid of, clearing out the darkness, getting rid of the void and the emptiness, wiping away that chaos. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit's trying to do inside you, to get rid of the darkness. God is not in the darkness. God cannot be in the darkness. The Holy Spirit is trying to get you to wake up, stay in God's will. So I told you, I believe, last time we were together that I was going through all these words in detail and for a reason that I was trying to make a point. I told you I would sum it all up for you. And here it is. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, Genesis 1-1. Genesis 1-2, there's darkness, it's void, an unnatural darkness, the home of the demons and evil spirits. And then we see the Spirit of God hovering over, hovering over, doing a work. Letting the wind blow through. His his breath move. You know, the book, this Bible, this God's Word, talks to us in patterns, example after example, just like Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. If we would just stop for a few minutes, and ponder just the first two scriptures of this book tells us all we need to know. It tells us God was there. And then this evilness, these demons moved in 
And God came through at the end and straightened it all out. Satan was the best angel, the the most powerful angel. They let that darkness, that unnatural, that dark, heavy darkness get inside of him. So God had to move. Had to be a movement. God created Adam and everything was perfect. But he gave Adam a choice. You either follow the light or you walk into the darkness. And Adam chose to walk into that darkness. So I got a question for you. Are you walking in the light or are you walking into that unnatural darkness? Or here's one for you. Trying to walk in both of them. You're trying to walk in grayness. You're trying to be gray. You're trying to combine. I got a little good here, and I'm only bad every now and then. And every third Sunday I go to church, but look, I only do this maybe twice a month. Are you really trying to be gray? I tell you what, look around you. There's a lot of gray. Whole lot of gray. You get mixed up in all that gray. There's not going to be any light. Because the darkness, that unnatural darkness that I keep telling you about, will suck the light out of you. That's its only purpose. It's the only purpose. is to suck the light out of you. You're promised an eternal life in heaven. All you have to do is believe on God. You have to believe him. You have to believe on Jesus Christ. You have to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, died for your sins, and rose from the dead on the third day. And as God was descending back into heaven, he left for us. He left with us this comforter, this Holy Spirit, this breath, this wind that could make a movement to move us closer to him. This breath, this breath of life that he breathed into Adam all the way in the beginnings, in the beginning. That breath, that movement. I would ask you to choose the light because there's only death and darkness. There is no light. And once you enter the darkness, it's hard to get out of it. I would ask you to get on your knees and pray to God right now that that Holy Spirit would move in you, would move in you in a mighty, mighty way, that that Holy Spirit would would guide you and teach you because he's there. He, that one part of the, the Godhead, the God, the Son, that Holy Spirit that God left for us, the Comforter, the Helper is there, wanting so desperately to help, to comfort, to God. Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. As we turn the page today, I would ask you to reflect on a few things. 
these words, these words in the Bible that we're going to look at, the words that you speak out, the words that you listen to, I would tell you to pay attention to those words. Because as we see, words are powerful. They have power. And I would tell you that God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of God is at work as in Genesis 1-1 and today as we live today for this present time. They're working in our lives. And God is desperately wanting a relationship with you. Pay attention to the Bibles that you're, you're reading out of. You can't trust every interpretation or every translation. Some of these Bibles, especially these newer Bibles, they don't go as a word-by-word -word translation. Some of them go a thought-by-thought -thought translation. I would tell you to get serious about the Word. Get serious about the Word of God. Buy you a concordance. Do some study. Listen to podcasts. Listen to the book club. There are many, many, many out there. God wants a relationship with you. He is preparing a place for you with streets of gold, preparing it for you. Won't you stay in the light? I'm asking you to get out of the unnatural darkness, the darkness where Satan dwells. Flee from there. And obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because as I said before, the Holy Spirit is eternal forever. But the Holy Spirit will not strive with man forever. You can find that in Genesis 6-3. You know, back in the day, back in the days of Noah, Noah built, built that ark, I believe it was 120 years, and they mocked him, and they laughed at him, and they, they went on about their own little lives, just busy bees. They had all the pleasures they were ever dreaming of. They weren't wasn't thinking about anything going wrong. They ignored it all. They laughed at Moses. I mean, I'm sorry, they laughed at Noah. There will come a time that the Holy Spirit leaves. God's not going to beg you. He desperately wants you in his life. He wants you in the light. He wants you to have eternal life. But he's not going to beg you. He's given you the choice. It's your choice. It's heaven or hell. It's God or Satan. It's good or it's evil. Choices are clear. Is your answer clear? Father, I thank you for the time we've spent together today. Oh, Father, talking about you, talking about that spirit of God, Father, your, your spirit, your powerful breath, that breath of life, Father. Father, we would ask you to forgive us of our sins, Father. We would ask you to guide us. Let us hear that prompting of your spirit, Father. Let us follow that prompting, Father. I would ask you to continue to teach us, Father. Open our eyes, Father. Open our ears, Father. Let our hearts hear you. Father, I would ask these words today, your words today, be a blessing. 
that they might soften someone's heart. Bring them closer to you, Father. Closer in a relationship with you, Father. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you. Father, we are so truly in awe of you, Father. Father, I would ask you to bless this country. Father, I would ask you to bless the people of this world, Father, these these people who need you so desperately, Father. Father, I would ask you to keep an extra look, look after, touch after these children, Father, these children. Protect our children, Father. We're living in perilous, perilous times where people are calling good evil and evil good. Father, I would ask you one more time to bless America. Let freedom rise, Father. Let your word echo through this country in a mighty, mighty way. Let your breath, Father, the wind of your spirit, do a move across this country. Let your spirit be heavy, Father. Your light shine through us as never, ever before. And we ask these saints, Father, in your holy, precious name. Amen.